Hi, everyone. So welcome to the live stream today. Always a pleasure coming your way as we continue with our discussion towards the ICA November 2021 examination. And I see some of you guys coming up. You are welcome to the live stream today. And we want to look at one of the critical topics that is in corporate reporting and financial reporting. Definitely, there is a done deal 20 mark question waiting for us in the exam or on this topic. And that is going to be how to prepare consolidated financial statements. Now, this is valid for corporate reporting students, financial reporting students, ACCA F7, ACCA F3, uh, SBR, strategic business reporting. All these things are key uh, subjects that this topic is going to be playing a key role in that case. And I see some of you guys joining. We are live on YouTube as well as on Facebook. Give us a thumbs up on the video when you join and share the video. Let us reach as many students as possible watching the live stream. And let's together assist a lot of students across the continent, across the globe, and also across all uh, places so we can really, really assist a lot of students. So welcome to the live stream today as we continue with our discussion. Comment in the chat box in the comment section, any questions you have for me, whatever you want me to uh, share my thought on, comment in the chat box. If there is any topics that you want us to cover, put it in the chat box as well. I'm going to be reading all of your comments and then coming in to find out what it is that you need to do in order for you to prepare well for the examination and most importantly, pass the examination. So we are going into consolidated financial statements. How to prepare the consolidated financial statement. This is a done deal, 20 mark area. And without wasting much time, we're going to go straight up into it and then begin the discussion. Remember that Last week, we did a three-part series on the interpretation or evaluation of financial statements. Now, in case you missed that series or you missed that session, you can check the description to this video and you can watch the three-part session we did on the consolidated uh, evaluation of financial statements. And we discussed the various things that we need to understand or you need to understand in that particular case as we continue with our discussion in that. So you can check the description to this video and you'll be directed to watch the three-part series on this. So let's begin the journey real quick, consolidated financial statement, and let's see what we can do in the discussion. I see some comments coming up. Let me know where you are watching us from. And also remember to give us a thumbs up on the video and share the video. Let us reach as many students as possible watching the video together so that we can really, really assist a lot of students across the continent and across the globe. So I see some comments coming in from uh, Leonard. He said, hi, Shira. Um, it's nice to be back. Leonard from Zambia. That's awesome, Leonard. Welcome back. And uh, last week we did some sessions on evaluation of financial statements. In case you missed that, you can watch it on the channel. Uh, if it is something that you are interested in, in that case, Mohammed Fima said, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Mohammed. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Kanmo said, hi, Shira. Hello, Kadmon. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Ibrahim Ban said, hello. Hi, Ibrahim Ban. I hope you're good. Uh, La Lamini said, uh, Mbabani from Swaziland. Okay, that's great. Welcome to the live stream. Irene Labi said, Good afternoon, Shira. Good afternoon, Irene. I hope you're doing well. 
uh, EJ Augustine said, thank you, sir. I'm watching from Nigeria. Awesome to have you guys joining us on the live stream. Eric Boabain said, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Eric. Now, if you know somebody is doing corporate reporting or financial reporting, or somebody is doing their MBA, their MSc, and they are, they are looking for a video on consolidated financial statements, and you know that they, they will need a video like this, just share the video in your WhatsApp groups, in your Facebook groups. Let's get as many students as possible joining the live stream so together we can assist a lot of people learning and make it uh, together in that case. So let's get excited about it. Let's share the video and let's reach as many students as possible. So consolidated financial statement, consolidated financial statement. How to prepare the consolidated financial statement. Uh oh, I'm writing financial twice. Already getting excited about it. Now, when it comes to the consolidated uh, financial statement, uh, what happens is that we are looking at how companies are actually going to come together and uh, acquire another company in that case. Now, let, let me uh, come and introduce you to the topic generally well in that case. One thing you must understand is that organizations to expand and grow, one of the ways that organizations can expand is through what is called organic expansion, or if you want, through uh, acquisitions, at the end of the day. Organic expansion is where organizations expand and grow by establishing new firms using uh, from scratch, from zero, they go into the firm and they start everything from scratch without any prior knowledge or prior business existing in that case. However, that is going to delay, that is going to take time generally at the end of the day. So many businesses in order to expand and grow choose the second option and that is through acquisitions and in the past we've seen some serious acquisitions in the history of the world for instance facebook uh, acquiring instagram facebook acquiring uh whatsapp and we see uh, Microsoft acquiring LinkedIn and other companies. We've seen uh, Apple acquiring a number of companies. Why? Because uh, there are various reasons why businesses want to, want to acquire other businesses. Now, what, there are a number of reasons why they choose the acquisition rather than to start from scratch. One of the reasons why they would acquire business is to reduce or eliminate competition at the end of the day. So we want to reduce or eliminate competition. Now, this is one of the reasons why Facebook is under threat right now by the FTC of the United States, uh, that a fa Facebook should be broken up because uh, WhatsApp and Instagram are, are organizations that could have posed a lot of threat competitively to Facebook. So what it did is that to reduce or eliminate the competition, what do we do? Let's acquire them. So they gave WhatsApp about over $19 billion. And, you know, they took it and then Facebook took over WhatsApp. And now they are doing a lot of things with WhatsApp in that particular case. So one of the reasons why a company would want to, uh, instead of doing organic growth, go and acquire a new company is to reduce and eliminate what's 
reduce and eliminate competition. That is the first reason why they would want to acquire other businesses. Another thing is also to benefit from tax advantages. Benefit from tax advantages. The reason is that when you have group of companies, there is a way that tax can be uh, arranged in such a way that the group as a whole pays lower taxes at the end of the day. So sometimes organizations are acquired not necessarily to reduce or eliminate any competition, but then the mere fact that we have conglomerate group of companies, it helps companies to reduce their general tax uh, payable at the end of the day so that they could plan their tax much better so uh, shareholders will get more returns at the end of the day. And most importantly, the firm will be able to retain a lot of profit and reinvest those profits to maximize the wealth of the shareholders generally. So another reason why company may want to acquire, apart from reducing and eliminating competition, is through the benefit from uh, tax advantages that they stand to gain at the end of the day in that particular case. Then the third thing that I want to talk to you about is that it helps the company in uh, cost control and cost reduction. Cost control and cost reduction. Why is that? Because uh, sometimes in-house, if we want to develop, give me a moment. Because sometimes, my laptop was going off. So because sometimes if an organization wants to develop its own product uh, in-house or have its own thing in-house, what is going to be happening is that it could be too expensive. But then probably there is another organization that has the capacity already, that has the leverage already, that will help them to enjoy economies of skills. So what do we do? Let's acquire that company so that we can control our cost. Now, any company that con can control its cost much better and reduce its cost at the end of the day, what it means is that it is going to, uh, all other things being equal, sell its product at more affordable prices and help organizations or their customers to grow more at the end of the day. So then the last thing is to enjoy some level of monopoly. So enjoy monopolistic uh, markets. So you want to enjoy the benefits of a monopolistic market. Now, this is against the FTC in each country at the end of the day. So companies are not supposed to enjoy monopoly. Like I say, like I said a moment ago, Facebook allegedly is seen to enjoy some level of monopoly uh, when it comes to the social media landscape because. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have WhatsApp. Now, even though there are other platforms like TikTok, uh, Snapchat, they cannot really compete the way the Facebook 
is at the level that Facebook is at. So sometimes organizations want to expand, not just because they want to eliminate and reduce uh, competition, but they want to just enjoy the monopolistic market so that they control what comes into the market, they control what consumers consume, and at the end of the day, they maximize their wealth and become more profitable as an organization. So these are some of the things that we can uh, talk about. And the last thing also is ease of obtaining finance. Ease of obtaining finance. Now, one of the things is that organizations or financial institutions and investors trust organizations that are multi uh, dimensional organizations, a uh, group of companies better than a, what? A single company. So if we have three, uh, we have a parent and its subsidiaries and it is a group of companies, then if they are going to borrow money, their asset base on the consolidated level is higher. So they are able to get money at a least or low interest rate rather than if it is an individual company going to borrow the money at the end of the day. So these are a number of reasons why organizations, instead of doing an organic growth, starting something in-house, they would rather go and acquire businesses at the end of the day. One, to reduce and eliminate competition. Two, to benefit from tax advantages, very critical. Three, to control cost and re uh, cost reduction. Four, to enjoy the mon monopolistic market by controlling what comes in and what goes out. And then five, the ease of obtaining finance because now you become a group of company and you are able to get access or you will be able to get access to finance easily than anybody else in that case. And these are some of the things that we can talk about when we look at the issue about reasons why companies acquire other businesses. Now, our concern really in financial reporting, corporate reporting, in F7, in F3, in uh, SBR, ACCA, is not to really look at the reasons why businesses uh, are acquired, but then to look at the financial statement preparation of this acquisition. So if a company invests in another company, how do we account for it? And there are going to be general principles that we're going to be using to account for it at the end of the day when it comes to this. Now, so before I get excited about it, let me give you the list of the standards that we are going to be looking at in various aspects of the entire discussion when we talk about consolidated financial statements. So the following are the key standards that we're going to be paying attention to. Definitely IFRS, uh, three revised, that is business combination. It's a standard that we're going to be looking at. Number two, we're going to be looking at IFRS 13, fair value, measurement. Then we're going to look at IFRS 10. That is going to be consolidated financial statements. Consolidated financial statements. Then four, you're going to look at IAS 28. That is going to be investment in associates and joint ventures. 
and joint ventures. Then we're going to look at IFRS 11, that is joint arrangement. And then the last one is going to be IFRS 12, and that's going to be disclosure of interest in other entities. Disclosure of interest in other entities. So basically, these are the accounting standards that we have to be aware of uh, when it comes to dealing with consolidated financial statement. IFRS 3 uh, revised, uh, IFRS 13 uh, as well. It's something that we need to look out for in that case. IFRS 10, consolidated financial statement. IFRS 28, joint venture arrangement. IFRS 10, joint arrangement. And then IFRS 12, disclosure of interest in other entities. Now, I see some of you guys uh, joining us. You are welcome to the live stream. This is consolidated financial statement. We're looking at how to prepare the consolidated financial statement. Give us a thumbs up on the video if you are enjoying and obtaining some values. But most importantly, share the video with others and let's reach as many students as possible watching the live stream so together we can assist a lot of students uh, in that case. So give us a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up on the video and also share it. Let's reach a lot of students coming in in that case. Now, so generally, I want you to understand something straight up off the head when it comes to dealing with consolidated financial statements. So off the bed, there are a number of things that we need to understand. There are a couple of key terminologies that we need to be familiar with when it comes to dealing with consolidated financial statements. The first one is the word parent. The second one is the word subsidiary. The third one is the word associate. The fourth one is the word control. The fifth one is the word significant influence. And there are other terms that you need to understand as we get excited about it. But these are the five core words that are going to be uh, used generally when it comes to uh, dealing with uh, consolidated financial statement. And I'm going to provide you a one-liner definition for them in a moment. But generally, we say an entity has a significant influence over another entity if that entity owns below 50% of the shares of their company generally. If they own below 50% of the ownership of the company, then they say we have significant influence. And I'm going to explain that in a moment. An entity has control over another entity if that entity owns or uh, has a, a right to the voting right of about 50 plus 1% of the voting rights of the company. And we're going to be getting that, into that in a moment. Now, if a company, let's say company A, invests in company B, and company A buys maybe 30% of the shares in company B, what is going to be happening is that the investment of company A and in company B is going to be referred to as what? An investment in associates. Does it make sense? Investment in 
associate. So why? Because significant influence gives us associate. So if we acquire a company that we own less than 50%, what is going to be happening is that we will have significant influence. And that significant influence means our investment in that company will be treated as an investment in associate. Now, please note also that this investment in associate will be accounted for in accordance with IAS 28 investment in associate that you need to look out for in that case. Then, if company say Y makes an investment in company D and they bought like say 60% of the voting rights of the company, then ultimately it means that company D becomes what? Their subsidiary. Becomes their subsidiary. Becomes their subsidiary. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because if the investment is an associate, we have significant influence, then we're going to be carrying the investment in our books using what is called the equity accounting. Stay with me carefully here. If A invests in B and the B, uh, the investment is less than 50% and we have significant influence, the investment will be accounted for in accordance with IAS 28, investment in associate using what is called the equity accounting. And I'm going to come to that in a moment. However, where the uh, investment is Y into D and it is more than 50%, then what is going to be happening is that we are going to be doing what is called full consolidation. Full consolidation. Now, why is that? The reason that that is it is that when we have more than 50% of the voting rights in another company, it means ultimately we control that company. Now, since we control that company, it means their assets become ours, their liabilities become ours, and we're going to be including their financial statement into our financial statement. So off the bed, that is what you need to understand in that particular case. So when we have more than 50% of the rights, of the voting rights of the company, that means they are our subsidiary and we will do full consolidation. If we have less than 50% ownership, then it will be treated as investment in associate in accordance with IAS 28, investment in associate and joint ventures using what is called the equity accounting. Now, if none of these are what is there in the question, then the investment could be treated as uh, a financial asset as per IFRS 9. The investment will be treated as a financial asset as per IFRS 9. The reason is that sometimes a company can buy a share in another company, but the shares they've bought doesn't give them significant influence. So if the shares the company buys does not give it a significant influence, then that will be accounted for as financial asset in accordance with IFRS 9 financial instrument in that particular case. So that is the idea and that is what you need to understand generally when it comes to dealing with the key terminologies that you need to understand in that particular 
case, in that particular case. Any questions, please? I see some of you guys coming up. You are welcome. This is how to prepare the consolidated financial statement. Give us a thumbs up on the video. It helps us a lot. So the video can be pushed by YouTube and Facebook so that we can reach as many students as possible. Most importantly, make sure you share the video. Let us reach as many students as possible. Um, Sekil A. Williams, Isaac Idioba, Abdullah Rahman Adams, and then Nicholas uh, Samwini on Facebook. Thank you very much for uh, your sharing. Sorry for the thumbs up and likes on the video. Really appreciate it and helps us a lot uh, in that case. YouTube, I see some of you with a thumbs up. Thank you very much. It helps us a lot. I see some questions coming in. Let me see if I can touch them because they relate to what I've just mentioned. Some of them really quick. Um, let's see. Samuel Quaisin said, good afternoon. Say, hey, good afternoon, Samuel. I hope that you're doing well. Uh, good to be here. I really miss you, sir. Charlie Samuel, it's been a while, but we resumed last week and then we are going into it. I hope that you're doing well. Wanda Abena Ekufu said, trust you are doing good, sir. Yes, I'm flourishing. Uh, Abena Ekufu, thank you for asking, and I hope you are also doing well. Opoku Newman Emmanuel said, you are a blessing to our generation. God bless you. God bless you too for staying tuned. Uh, Raymond Adonko said, great to be here. Very impactful. Awesome, Raymond, and thanks for being part of the live stream throughout. Can a theory of company taking advantage of tax be applied even in the case of progressive tax? If yes, uh, how? I don't get the context of your question, Leonard. You can uh, give me the context of your question. Well, Yanka Serial said, another key is NCI. I'll come to that. I'm not talking about uh, the general things. I'll come back to that in a moment. Stan Obi said, sorry, I don't get the equity accounting. Don't worry. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So just stay with me carefully. Yamsi said, watching from the Gambia. Okay, thank you, Yamsi, for joining us. Uh, Basil said, thanks for the lecture. Though I entered late, I will definitely watch the playback. You are a blessing to us all. That's awesome to hear. Basil, and thanks for joining us. Basil Iberi. Chuku, so you are from Nigeria. Thanks for joining us on the live stream in that case. So that's the basic, uh, the basic uh, thoughts that we need to uh, understand straight up uh, in that particular case, in that particular case that we need to understand. Now, what we need to look out for in a moment is, okay, so how do we define these key terminologies? So I'm going to bring my screen up and then provide you with some one-liner definition on the key terms that I raised uh, in that case. So let's look at these key terms. The first one is parents. Parents. So a company is said to be a, a parent is an entity that has one or more subsidiary. A parent is an entity that has one or more subsidiary. Then what is a subsidiary? In a simple language, we say that a subsidiary is an entity that is controlled by another entity. So in my illustration here, like I told you, Y has an investment of 60% in D. It means that y is, uh, D is controlled by Y. For that reason, it becomes what? A subsidiary. D becomes the subsidiary of Y, and Y is the parent entity in that case. But remember, 
we said you gain control by certain things. So when we say control, what exactly do we mean by the word control? The word control, according to IFRS 10 and IFRS 3, states that it is the power to govern the financial and operating policies of an entity so as to obtain benefits from its activities. Keyword here is power to govern financial and operating policies, meaning that you call the shot, meaning that you decide what must be done, meaning that you determine how the entity is run, how finances are run, who gets what, how dividends are paid, what prices are charged. That is what we mean by the word control. It means the power to govern the financial and operating policies of an entity. But then it is not always that we're going to be gaining control. For that reason, there is what is called significant influence. Now, if you don't have control because you have less than 40% ownership or voting rights in the company, both direct and indirect, then what is going to be happening is that you're going to be getting significant influence. So if you have an ownership below 50%, then you have significant influence. But when we say significant influence, what exactly is significant influence? Significant influence simply means the power to participate in the financial and operating policy decisions. The power to participate. So whilst control is about the power to govern, significant influence is the power to participate, meaning that your thoughts will be taken, meaning that you you will be called on, meaning that your idea will be considered when making the decision, your thoughts will be considered making the decision. That is what we mean by what? Significant influence, significant influence influence in that particular case. So these are the few words that you need to understand. And please note, control is obtained if we have more than 50% of the voting rights. And if we have less than 50% of the voting rights, we are likely to be treating that as uh, investment in associate because we are going to be having significant influence. But a big question we ask ourselves is, how do we gain control of an organization or of a company? How do we get control of an organization or a company ultimately in that case? Note that, like I mentioned, there are various ways through which an entity can obtain control of another entity. So ways of obtaining control. Number one, control can be obtained directly. So direct acquisition of more than 50% of the voting rights of the entity. Of the investee gives us control. So immediately you acquire uh, directly more than 50% of the voting rights of the investee, you control the firm in that particular case, in that one. Now, remember that This direct acquisition could be financed either in shares and in cash, and we'll get into that in a moment. Now, remember I started my illustration with Facebook, uh, sorry, Facebook acquiring WhatsApp and others. Uh, Something like this, WhatsApp, for instance, the 19 billion 
given to WhatsApp was not really, or paid to the, uh, that was used to acquire WhatsApp was not really 19 billion in cash. It was partly in cash and partly in shares at the end of the day in that particular case. And we will come into how we get the consideration coming in. Note that where a company has control, but doesn't own 100% share of the company, the other ownership of the company is referred to as non-controlling interest. Okay? Non-controlling interest. Previously, it was referred to as minority uh, interest, but now we don't use that word again. We call it non-controlling interest. So what does that mean? Let's say that P owns D, and P owns 75% of D. What is going to be happening is that the other investment in D will be referred to as what? The other 25% investment in D will be referred to as what? Non-controlling interest. It means we don't own the entire company. But if the parent owns 100% ownership of the company, then there will not be any minority interest or non-controlling interest at the end of the day. But the first way we obtain control is through direct acquisition of the organization. Then another way an entity can obtain control of a business could be through an arrangement with the other investment investors. Sorry. Arrangement with other investors. Now, this happens when the company trying to consolidate is having less than 50%. So let me pull a, a scenario up for you. So let's say that company Y acquires whatever, let's say 40% in company Z. Now, acquisition of 40% means they have significant what? Influence. If they have significant influence, that means Z should be treated as what? Investment in associate. Because we cannot consolidate. So we will use the equity accounting to account for the 40% investment in Z. But then the rest of the 60% is owned like this. Maybe A owns 20%. B owns 20% and C also owns 20%. So these are the other investors of the company Z. Then Y enters into conversation with these three companies and tell them that, hey, you, you, you guys have 2020. Is it possible you can transfer your voting right to us so that we can make better decisions for you? So they spoke to A, they spoke to B, they spoke to C, and company A says they won't do it. Company B says they won't do it. But C said, oh, no problem. You can make better decision for me. So company C transfers their voting rights to company Y. In that particular case, it means that company Y now has what? 60% of the voting rights. Since they now have 60% of the voting rights, what is going to happen is that company Y can now treat company Z as what? a subsidiary. Why? Because they have control using what? The arrangement with the other investors. That's the second way. So that we, the first thing is, the first method or approach is where you are acquiring more than 50% of the voting right of the company. That one, you want to control straight up and you want it now. Another way is, hey, maybe you cannot acquire the entire 
plus 1% to obtain control, but you can speak with the other investors of the company and they will transfer their voting right to you. Once they transfer their voting right to you, it means now we have obtained control of the company. So if we were looking at just our investment, then it would have been significant influence. In that case, we have to account for our investment in accordance with IAS 28, investment in associate using the equity accounting. But now, because C has transferred its voting right to Y, it means Y now has 60% of the voting right in Z. For that reason, we can do a full consolidation on company Z in that particular case. That is the second way through which control can be obtained. Another way control can also be obtained by organizations is going to be through legislation. Through legislation or regulations by regulatory authorities. Now, sometimes it depends on the jurisdiction we are in. It could be required that as far as a listed company, okay, is making an investment in an unlisted company or unquoted entity, irrespective of the size of the investment they have, that unlisted company becomes their subsidiary automatically. So this is where the operation of the law or legislation comes in at the end of the day. So the listed company could just acquire maybe 30% of the unlisted company. But the law will require that since we are listed, we will have better system in place. Since we are listed, we will have good corporate governance structure. Since we are listed, we will understand how organizations are supposed to be run and controlled. For that reason, our status as a listed company and their status as unlisted company gives us the, the rights that even though our ownership would have given us significant influence, because of the operation of the law, we are going to be getting what? Control at the end of the day. That is another way through which an entity can obtain control generally. Now, 99.9% .9 of the time, what you're going to be seeing in the exam hall is the option number one, where... The company is acquiring more than 50% or less than 50%. Remember, if they are acquiring more than 50%, definitely it becomes uh, a control. But if they are acquiring less than 50%, then definitely that becomes a significant influence in that particular case. So these are some of the ways through which consolidation or control is obtained. Then the big question we ask ourselves is, can every entity prepare consolidated financial statements? Can every entity prepare consolidated financial statements? So let's look at the criteria that must be met before an entity can prepare a consolidated financial statement. So requirements for consolidation. So can every entity prepare consolidated financial statements? No. Number one, if the entity is a subsidiary of another entity, then the entity cannot prepare consolidated financial statement. So subsidiary 
of another entity cannot prepare consolidated financial statement. Cannot prepare consolidated financial statements. Let me explain this to you. This is where the complex group structure comes in, and we'll get into that in a moment, but this is what happens. Let's say that a parent acquires another company. This is the subsidiary. So I'm doing a group structure here. So let's say they acquired 80%. So the non-controlling interest is what? 20%. Then the subsidiary also goes and acquire control in another company called Y. And they acquire 90% of Y. Now, you realize that Y becomes a sub subsidiary okay however s cannot prepare consolidated financial statements listen carefully s cannot prepare consolidated financial statements why because s is a subsidiary of b so they cannot prepare financial statements so an entity that is a subsidiary of another entity cannot prepare consolidated financial statements only the parent that can prepare the consolidated financial statements. Number two is that an entity that is not listed on the stock exchange or is prepared to be listed on the stock exchange, uh, is not preparing to be listed on the stock exchange, cannot prepare consolidated financial statements. So unlisted or unquoted company, so an, an unlisted or Entities or an entity not preparing to be listed on the stock exchange on the stock exchange market cannot prepare cannot prepare consolidated financial statements. Are you getting it? So that is the second thing as well. You should be a listed company. You should be a quoted company for you to prepare a consolidated financial statement. Or you are currently unlisted. You are currently unquoted. But then uh, you are preparing to be listed on the stock exchange. Then you can prepare a consolidated financial statement in that particular case. So generally, these are uh, the two requirements that we can uh, talk about there are other, there is other another one but then i will just uh share my thought on these two a subsidiary of another entity cannot prepare a consolidated financial statement then an unlisted entity or an entity that is not uh preparing to be listed on the stock exchange cannot also prepare a consolidated financial statement cannot prepare a consolidated financial statement. Any questions for me so far? Any questions for me so far? Any questions for me so far? So all we've done, if you have any questions, I see some of you guys coming up, uh, joining on YouTube as well as on Facebook. You are welcome. Give us a thumbs up on the video when you join. Share the video also. Let's reach as many students as possible. This is how to prepare consolidated financial statement. This is a done deal topic in the exam hall, and you want to make sure that you understand it very well because definitely there will be a question coming in in that particular case. There is going to be a question coming in in that case.
So now that we've uh, understood the general idea, the general principle of consolidation, let's see how we actually consolidate the financial statements. Now, the way you want to answer consolidated financial statements is to, uh, how do we call it? Do the workings first. Like I say all the time, do not rush to go and extract any financial statement and put into brackets, da, 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 because what is in the bracket is not what we are looking at. It is the figure that comes under the column of the cash. That is what we're going to be marking, or that is what will be marked at the end of the day. So how do we approach consolidated financial statement questions? The way you approach consolidated financial statement questions is number one, do all the workings first. Do all the workings first. Now, like I say all the time, if you do all the workings and you are not able to even extract the financial statement due to time constraints, and like I say all the time, answer consolidated financial statement as the last question or the last but one question in the exam hall. If you answer console first, you will be able to do it, but you are likely to fail the exams because after doing the consolidated financial statement, you may be left with less amount of time to answer the rest of the questions. So like I tell you all the time, for financial reporting and corporate reporting exams, go and answer the ratio questions first uh, or the ethics questions. So ratios, ethics, then the standards questions. Then from there, you can come to single entity if you are doing financial reporting or go to uh, corporate restructuring or business valuation if you are doing corporate reporting. Then your consolidated financial statement question, which is question one, should be the last or the last but one question at the end of the day. And that is what you need to understand in that particular case. So the first thing you want to do is to do all the workings first. Don't worry to go and extract financial statements. Like I said, if you do the workings and you're not able to even extract financial statements, you are going to stand a chance of great, getting greater percentage of the marks because the main financial statement extraction is smaller than the workings that you are going to be getting. So don't be in hurry to extract the financial statements. Do all the workings first. The second principle that you need to understand in approaching consolidated financial statement question is number two, go through the footnotes one after the other. Go through the footnotes one after the other. That's the second thing you need to understand when it comes to approaching consolidated financial statement. Go through the footnotes one after the other. You don't have to read the whole question before you start. You read the footnotes one after the other in the book uh, or in the question in that case. So go through the footnotes. Read note one. Do the workings. Read note two. Do the workings. Read note three. Do the workings. Read note four. Do the workings. Da 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 da. You do all the workings in that particular case. So you go through the footnotes one after the other in that particular case. Three is that you need to pay attention to the footnotes. 
and recognize the standards involved. You recognize the accounting standard or the IFRS standard involved. That is why I tell you all the time that if you are not strong in the accounting standards, you're going to screw yourself up. Now, depending on where you are standing, the following are some of the accounting standards that will be in a consolidated financial statement question. We have IAS 16, property plants and equipment. We have IAS 38, uh, 37, provisions, contingent liabilities and contingent assets. We have IFRS uh, 9, depending on where you are standing at, it could be in a consolidated financial statement question. We have IAS 28, that is investment in associate. If our investment in the company is below, uh, how do we call it, 50, uh, is below 50, then we are getting significant influence. So IAS 28 could be there. The next thing is we could have IAS uh, 12 coming in income tax that you need to be aware of as well. The next thing is the issue in relation to impairment, IAS 38. It could be there, and you must know how to uh, deal with it. Another standard that could be there is IAS, sorry, impairment is 36. So the next one is 38. Intangible assets could be there as well as a standard that we need to look out for. Then for those of you doing corporate reporting, uh, that is advanced financial reporting, you may see IFRS uh, 2, share-based payments coming in there, IAS 19, employee benefits. In other words, the footnotes are going to be exhibiting some of these standards that you must be aware of and know how they are actually supposed to be treated. So whatever, it, it could be five footnotes, six footnotes that the examiner is going to be giving you. These footnotes, you must make sure that you pay attention to the footnotes and recognize the standard that is involved in that particular case. You must recognize the standard that is involved in that particular case. So IAS 16, that one is non-negotiable. Uh, it's going to be there almost all the time in that particular case. And then provisions, the others could be there based on how excited uh, the examiner is uh, when it comes to the exams at the end of the day. But these are some of the standards that I, you can pay attention to when preparing for the consolidated financial statement. So immediately you read a footnote, you must ask yourself, is this a standard that I have to apply or is a general principle that I need to apply? The reason is that when you're dealing with issues like intra-group trading and all that, there are general principles you apply and not necessarily a specific accounting standard that you are applying. So there are certain footnotes we need to apply spe uh, specific accounting standards, while there are other footnotes we need to apply general uh, accounting principle, and we'll get into that. But these are the standards that you need to pay attention to in the exam. So number one, you do all the workings first. Number two, you go through the footnotes one after the other. Number three, you pay attention to the footnotes and recognize the accounting standard that is involved. And these are some of the accounting standards that will be involved in that particular case. Number four, principle number four, or uh, approach to consolidated question number four, skip an, a footnote 
that you currently don't understand. Skip a footnote that you don't understand well. Now, you don't want to waste time trying to remember how this item is supposed to be treated. Remember, you don't have time in the exam hall. So if you read a footnote, and uh, it looks like that is IFRS 2 coming in, or IAS uh, 19 coming in, or maybe some IAS 12 situation coming in in that particular case, and you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do, skip that footnote and go to the next one. Remember, when you are doing the workings, the workings must not necessarily be in the order of the footnotes. So if there is a footnote that you read that you don't understand, skip it so that you can go and do the other footnotes that you understand. Then after you deal with all the other footnotes you understand, then you can come back to the skipped footnotes and come back and look at it in that particular case. So that is the fourth thing that you need to understand in that particular case. Then the fifth approach that you need to understand is to be able to identify and remember the workings that will give you free marks. Identify and remember the key workings that will give you free marks. That provides some free marks. Now, I'm using the word free, <laughs> not as free that the examiner is uh, excited about it, but just as free as generic in that particular case. So the fifth approach to a consolidated financial statement question is to identify and remember the key workings that provide some free marks. Now, what are the key workings that will provide you some free marks in that case? One is the group structure. You want to make sure that you understand the group structure very well and uh, prepare it all the time because that's a free mark you are likely to get. Then if you are preparing the consolidated statement of financial position, then the net asset <coughs> schedule of the subsidiary is also another area that you can get some free marks there because you could just get some figures from the uh, financial statement given to you and just post them without uh, at acquisition at year end and movement, at acquisition at year end and movement. So you don't have to think about anything really. So that is another area that we can get some free uh, ticks coming in from there. Then the issue in relation to how uh, consideration is supposed to be computed is also another calculation that will give you the free marks. Sometimes the consideration will be directly stated in the question. Other times, consideration uh, will be given to you that you must calculate it yourself. It's very simple, but it's, an, it's a working that you can get a free marks on in that particular case. Then, uh, definitely issues about the retained, group retained earnings or consolidated retained earnings. Group retained earnings or consolidated retained earnings. It's also another workings that you can get free marks on because you can just post the parents uh, on before coming to the movement in the net asset to do a share in that particular case. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that when it comes to dealing with consolidated financial statements, please note, answer consolidated financial statement questions as the last question or the last but one question. Please never 
understand or solve consolidated questions as the first question in the exam hall. Your chances of failing the exams is going to be high should you answer console first. Now, I don't care how shocked you think you are when it comes to consolidated financial statement because almost always it is going to require time. Almost always there is going to be something there that uh, you are not really familiar with. For that reason, you would have to do something else in that particular case. So that is why I recommend that go to the other questions. Ethics, you could write it out based on your understanding. Ratios, very simple. We've done it. You know how to interpret uh, the standards. I've told you, familiarize yourself with the standards very well. Go to the business valuation or single entity, depending on which subject you are doing. And then let consolidated financial statement be the last question or the last but one question that you are approaching in the exam. Or, and what you want to do is to do the workings. Once you have this general idea, number one, do all the workings first. Number two, go through the footnotes one after the other. Number three, pay attention to the footnotes and recognize the accounting standards involved. And these are some of the accounting standards that may be included in the footnotes when it comes to the consolidated financial statement. Skip any footnotes that you don't understand because you will come back to it later on where you, you think you have some understanding. And uh, number five, identify and remember the key workings that will provide you with some free marks like the group structure, the net asset schedule, calculation of consideration, and the group retained earnings. These are the things that you need to understand generally when it comes to how you approach the consolidated financial statement. Any questions for me real quick? I see some questions in the chat. Let me bring them up and then let's see. Uh, them real quick. Chigome, uh, oh, sorry if I don't mention your name right, okay, forgive me. Chigome uh, said, watching from Zimbabwe, all right, Chigome uh, Saruja, thank you for joining us. Kano uh, said, so Inshira, how can associate account for its investment in another associate? The associate no, let, let me get a context of your question. How can an associate account for its investment in the in another associate? I don't get a context of your question. Maybe you can give me a context in which you are asking the question. Because when you say, how can associate acquire investment in another associate? Uh, like we said, if we are acquiring a business and we have an associate, it's our associate because we don't control that business, then we don't consolidate their results. So since we don't consolidate their results, whatever investment that they make in another company, they will account for it in accordance with their respective accounting standard, either IFRS 9 financial asset through profit or loss or through OCI, or they will account for it in accordance with whatever standard. Usually, they will account for it as a financial asset at the end of the day because probably they are not listed to do any equity accounting in that case. So maybe if you contextualize your question, I, I, I can provide an answer or something like that. Emmanuel, uh, what? Jabin said, please say, I hope you, you will get, we will get a recording part at your Instagram page or your social media page. Yes, uh, this video will be available uh, on YouTube as well as on Facebook in that case. Okay, I skipped some 
comments. Let me look at them. Cannot said, Inshira, when is your public sector class, public sector classes or lectures? Uh, if you are talking about our main class, public sector is on Mondays at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, you can call or WhatsApp the number scrolling below the screen, 050-114-9296. In that case, Noisy Hosey said, don't forget to like and uh, follow students. Okay, thank you for that. AJ Augustine said, thank you, sir. If P acquires S, are we preparing consolidated financial statement for P or S? If P acquires S, then P is the parent. So we are preparing the consolidated financial statement for P. Okay, for P. Then um, Ibrahim Ban said, you are a blessing, brother. I'm enjoying. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And thank you for joining us. Lamini said, is consolidation calculation the same as calculation for goodwill? Sorry, is consideration calculation the same as the calculation for goodwill? No, these are two different things. In whilst calculating goodwill, you would need the fair value of the consideration transferred. Okay, so whilst calculating goodwill, you would need fair value of consideration transferred. But they are two different things at the end of the day. They are two different things at the end of the day. Right. So, what workings do we do when it comes to preparation of consolidated financial statements? So, key workings. When it comes to consolidated financial statements, key workings. And this is what I'm going to be discussing with you uh, on, the, uh, on the live stream uh, from tomorrow in that particular case. So remember to join me same time tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. as we continue. So key workings we're going to be looking at is how to determine the group structure and calculate the non-controlling interest. Number two how to deal with the net asset of the subsidiary. Number three, how to calculate goodwill. Number four, how to deal with consolidated retained earnings or group retained earnings. Number five, any investment in associates, like we said, we're going to be using equity accounting for that, and we'll talk about this tomorrow. Number six, there will be intra-group trading. So if there is intra-group trading, that is uh, the parent sells to the subsidiary or the subsidiary sells to the parent or the associate sells to the subsidiary. Uh, sorry, the associate sells to the parent or the parent sells to the associate. Intra-group trading, how are we going to be dealing with that? We will deal with that as well in that case. And these are the six key workings that we're going to be looking at broadly when you are going into consolidated financial statement. I'm going to be going through these principles, God willing, tomorrow. This is where you don't want to really miss it. And these are the key things that we're going to be explaining. So I'm concluding around here today. Thank you very much for joining the live stream. It's always a pleasure coming your way and assisting you and providing with your blueprints that you need to pass the exams. Like I say all the time, this is a done deal topic. If you are doing corporate reporting and financial reporting, it is going to be there. So you better make sure that you understand everything we're going to be discussing in this series. And after that, we're going to be solving some questions on consolidated financial statements. So you see exactly how this is done. And you don't want to miss any of the series uh, in this discussion. If you miss it, make sure you watch the playback and then 
that will be helpful for you as well. Be inspired, said. Watching from Agona Suedro, I'm enlightened, said. That is awesome. Uh, be inspired. Kano said, how can I calculate consideration? We will look at that tomorrow because whilst we are dealing with calculation of goodwill, consideration is going to be coming in. So you join the live stream tomorrow as well as we look at a part two or the second session in our discussion for consolidated financial statement. So that is what you need to understand. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thank you guys for the thumbs up. Nikki, Peter, uh, Kunyanga, Kunyangna, uh, thumbs up on uh, Facebook. Thank you very much. And for those of you who also uh, are watching on YouTube, Thank you very much for the thumbs up on the video. It really helps us a lot because this is what the YouTube algorithm and then the Facebook algorithm uh, depends on to push the videos so we can reach as many students as possible. And thank you guys for the sharing of the video. We really appreciate it and it helps us a lot to grow in that case. In case you've not subscribed to the channel, you know what to do. Subscribe to the channel and click the bell notification icon. That way, when I go live, you'll be the first person to be notified by YouTube so that you can join the live stream and watch us throughout in that particular case. Remember to follow me on Instagram as well because I post other content also on Instagram there. And you will be able to uh, get access to those content and be blessed late, uh, holy in that case. So let's see. Emmanuel Ajabin said... Uh, watching you from UPSA. Okay, Emmanuel, thank you for joining. Uh, Charity Labi said, God bless you, Inshira. God bless you to Charity. Uh, Noisy Hoisy said, thank you. Tomorrow uh, it is. Tomorrow it is. Great session, brother, Inshira. Thank you. Uh, EJ Augustine said, thank you for the lecture. Can we have your lectures timetable, sir? Uh, if you are referring to our YouTube live streams, then you can follow me on Instagram because whatever it is that is going to be discussed will be posted on my Instagram page. But if you are asking us for our main class timetable, then you can call or WhatsApp the number you see below the screen, 050-114-9296. If you are outside Ghana, the country code is plus 233. And you can see the number below the screen. You can look at it and call. But if you are looking for the YouTube we don't have the timetable. We don't have a timetable for the YouTube discussion because it's based on the questions we get from you. So all you have to do is to follow me on Instagram and uh, the discussion for the day will be posted there. And if it relates to something you are doing, you will be able to join us in that case. Stan Obi said, thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, Scott Tamba said, uh, I think, giving us an emoji in the chat there. In that case. So thank you very much for joining the stream and I'll catch you same time tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. as we continue with our discussion in that case. Rachel Akko said, uh, good evening, sir. Good evening, Rachel. Thanks for joining us. I'll catch you same time tomorrow. Till we meet tomorrow, stay safe and stay blessed. Remember to continue to study and never go a week without going through your books or solving the questions because it is the little drop of water that is going to be making the mighty ocean on the day of the exams so you can pass the exams and become more successful. I'll catch you tomorrow. Stay safe and bye-bye.